Hi, and welcome to Figure of Speech, a program from WRBH where every week you can meet local poets and writers from the New Orleans community and listen to them share their work. This week we'll be welcoming on poet Claire Jones. Claire is a writer whose poems have been published in Poetry, PN Review, Sport, Isthmus, and other journals. Her essay, Bat Bat, Come Under My Hat, won second place in the 2018 Keats Shelley Prize and is forthcoming from the Keats Shelley Review. Her writing has been supported by the Fulbright Program in New Zealand and an Alberta Kelly Fellowship from the Iowa Writers' Workshop. A graduate of Ben Franklin High School in New Orleans, she has studied English literature and the art of the book at Carleton College, the University of Iowa Center for the Book, and Queens College, Cambridge. And here she is. Hello, my name is Claire Jones, and I'm very honored to be here at WRBH, sharing poems with you today. I host a little radio show about books and poetry on a community access radio station called Fresh FM in a little town in New Zealand called Nelson. So it's a very nice change to be here in New Orleans, my hometown, reading poems. I grew up in New Orleans, but a few years ago I had the opportunity to go to another place to write. It's another place that, like New Orleans, begins with the word new. New Zealand. So what I thought I'd do today was do some armchair traveling with you and share some poems that I wrote while I was in New Zealand and some poems from New Zealand or about New Zealand and about the sea, which connects us all. First, I'm going to read a poem by the first poet laureate of New Zealand, whose name is Bill Manhire. It comes from a book that I bought in my most recent trip to New Zealand. It's a book called Tell Me My Name, and it's a book of riddles. The road goes by the house. The wind sings in the tree. We sing the traveling worlds. We sing quietly. We sing quietly. The moon goes round the earth. The earth goes round the sun. We sing the traveling worlds. We sing what's said and done. We're captured by the city. Captured by the shore. Captured by horizons. Captured by the closing door. The wind goes round the house. The house Drifts out to sea. The traveler is hungry, hungry for the journey. The road goes by the house. The wind sings in the tree. We sing the traveling worlds. We sing quietly. We sing quietly. Next, I'm going to read a poem by James K. Baxter, who is one of New Zealand's most celebrated poets. He was born in a city called Dunedin in 1926. And this poem is about fireworks, so I thought it was a nice one for January in the beginning of the year. And the poem is full of rain and water, like many other poems I'll be reading. So this is Rocket Show by James K. Baxter. As warm north rain breaks over suburb houses, streaming on window glass, its drifting hazes covering harbor ranges with a dense hood. I recall how 18 months ago I stood, ankle-deep in sand, on an Otago beach, watching the fireworks flare over strident surf and batch, in brain-gray ash, in heart the sea-change flowing of one love dying and another growing. For love grows like the crocus bulb in winter, fighting from snow, 
and from itself, the tender green frond in embryo, but dies as rockets die, white sparks of pain against a steel-dark sky, with firebird wings trailing an arc of grief across a night inhuman as the grave, falling at length a dull and smoldering shell to frozen dunes and the wash of the quenching swell. There was little room left where the crowd had trampled grass and lupin bare, under the pines that trembled in gusts from the sea. On a sand hillock, I chose a place to watch from. Then the rockets rose, oh marvelous, like self-destroying flowers on slender stems, with seed pods full of flares, raining down amber, scarlet, pennies from heaven, on the skyward straining heads, and still see haven. Had they brought death, we would have stood the same, I think, in ecstasy at the world and flame. It is the rain streaming, reminds me of those ardent showers, cathartic love and grief, as I walked home through this cold street by moonlight, my steps ringing in the October night. I thought of our strange lives, the grinding cycle of death and renewal come to full circle, and of man's heart, that blind Rosetta Stone, mad as the polar moon, decipherable by none. The next two poems are about water and wind and sea, and are by two American poets that I'm very fond of, Donald Justice, a poet who was born in 1925, and Marianne Moore, who was born in 1887. First, I'll read a poem by Donald Justice called Sea Wind, A Song. Sea wind, you rise from the night waves below, not that we see you come and go, but as the blind know things, we know and feel you on our face. And all you are or ever were is space. Sea wind, come from so far to fill us with this restlessness that will outlast your own. So the fig tree, when you are gone, sea wind, still bends and leans out towards the sea and goes on blossoming alone. And this is one of my favorite poems. It's The Fish by Marianne Moore. Wade through black jade Of the crow-blue mussel shells One keeps adjusting the ash heaps Opening and shutting itself Like an injured fan The barnacles which encrust the side of the wave Cannot hide there For the submerged shafts of the sun Split like spun glass Move themselves with spotlight swiftness Into the crevices in and out, illuminating the turquoise sea of bodies. The water drives a wedge of iron through the iron edge of the cliff, whereupon the stars, pink rice grains, ink-bespattered jellyfish, crabs like green lilies, and submarine toadstools, slide each on the other. All external marks of abuse are present on the defiant edifice. All the physical features of accident, lack of coreness, dynamite grooves, burns, and hatchet strokes, these things stand out on it. The chasm side is dead, 
Repeated evidence has proved that it can live on what cannot revive its youth. The sea grows old in it. Now I'm going to share with you some poems of my own. I'll continue on with this theme of sea and the wind. The first poem is called After Years at Sea. After years at sea, the packaging still shows where to tear with little teeth marks, a dotted line. The water says what aches, but so softly the doctor does nothing. The wrapping keeps on slapping sand. Excel presses plastic trash he found into the hollowed trunks of trees, as though to staunch wet at the sleeve. He says you may think you are helping when you scratch that old bark but you are not. There's no specialty to this dark, no new look or same great taste. The red flowers like a slice of lemon only bend in one direction on their own. The other way is what humans do. Pulp rises like fur, damp with static. The aster follows the hand as if it's saying something. The eyes move around like little fish in bags clear and fat with water. The next two poems I'll read were published in a journal in New Zealand, so that continues our connection to our armchair traveling. This poem is called Brimstone. I'm not fond of my fellow man, it's true. The beauty I have loved has not been human. The galaxy I understand is rust. Burns pollinated on the yellow bark of Lancewood. How should I know what is intentional? I watched inchworms when I was in chapel. The rock I know is bark, and beyond that bark, dust. Lava acts like sap, stalactites, vines. The moss domes look like the wood wasps' nests, but do they burrow down, deeper than the soil? As rain-carved reaches, rain carried over, fungus the color of my mother's hair. Blue muscle strap sheen, glaze the blade sun sharpened. There is a butterfly, not just I call brimstone. And this next poem is called Silt Sand, and I was inspired to write it when I was in the National Park in New Zealand by an estuary and I saw the water moving in and out of the shore, and I thought it was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen. So this poem is called Silt Sand. Dusk, another flooding of the delta. More dark, silt light laying on the valley. The light builds up when day is fertile, in a time beyond what we can measure, since light and dark have built this before us and broken this down before us as well. Look at the moon, the dependable siphon, and the extent of the delta it is responsible for. Moss will not grow, not evenly beneath it, but the growth of most things goes unevenly. The starfish with its open mouth, the sandfly with its thinning wing, start, finish, and the interim. Dust lies down only in certain places, 
It won't stay long where it isn't wanted. What roots will entangle and then hold down dust-light darkness? No doubt, something. Something glistening. Uh, this next poem is called Wrangell Island, and it's about an island that's not part of New Zealand. It's part of the Arctic, but it was published in a New Zealand journal, and I got to read it in Wellington while I was in New Zealand, so now I get to share it with you. Wrangell Island There are only three weeks when there isn't frost. It's a carpet and a maze, and with the insects moving, sways as nothing pins it down. Willows, the trees and songs about beers and you and death grow horizontally. One four hundredth of an inch is life there, a year's allowance. They'll be lucky if they ever grow a yard. Leaves in the summer, seventeen species of poppies in their centers, directing daylight, very simply, to the heart. Which is here, a hairy surface that is soft and unfamiliar, trapping warmth airtight in a grip. The flowers close at night to keep the living things inside them unfrozen. Thrift, buttercups, all impossible things at once. They've evolved, not beyond, but for the harsh condition. Marsh marigold, cotton grass. The owls hide nine or none, depending on the sun and the extent of the lean times, living on skin. Then, what's under the skin? This poem is called Edge. Feel this edge. This one is called a hem. This one's a cuff. Repeat after me. This cloud should end but never ends at an edge called stratosphere. A cloud can have edges called peak and valley. Repeat after me. Fault is one other edge, one other bread end. Repeat after me. The edge of the stage is called lip. The electron cloud has a lapel. The electron cloud has a brim. One of the ends of a law is called veto. The edge of a curtain, fringe. Repeat after me. Cortex, crease. Repeat after me. Eyelash, ledge. The cloud named penumbra has an edge, as the sentence has one parenthesis. It ends at the mantelpiece called ridge. It is called heel, trim, tip. Repeat after me. The end can be a cloud, coast, coattail, crust. One smudged edge. Feel this edge. This one is called the end. Like a cloud, it has many names. Repeat after me. Margin, brink, nib. Cusp, roof, cliff. The next poem I'm going to read is called The Hard Part, and the first line is about ferns, which I think is very appropriate since New Zealand is a land full of ferns. This is The Hard Part. The new root of the fern is the part you eat in famine. Harsh words are spoken but they're not the ones that make you turn. Where the muscles smooth, 
That's where it doesn't fray. The hard part is what comes easy. The hard part isn't hard. It only seems. It only seems. It only seems that way. The snail inside the shell is tough. It holds the tooth, not tongue. The fingernail, the hair. What the old ropes come from. What's left, dug up, and laid aside. Not the nick that never healed. There are lice that live inside the quill of every feather of every bird. You spoil it with a fingerprint. Artichokes have hearts. The alligator pear has an endosperm that when squeezed weeps only oil. You shed your skin as you grow cold. The hard part isn't hard. The next poem's title is called The Fact. In the dark, the ears are sharper. A woman without a stoop is standing by a gate. She concentrates her energy on the focus of her gaze, though in the dark, her ears are sharper. When memories crowd around her, she picks out one. Once Orpheus walked in front of her. The cicadas stayed in their black velvet cases. Nothing stirred. When memories crowd around her, she picks that one. Dark or light, the act of leaving feels longer than returning. And the soil is bare. The grain is true. Lungs run out of air to lose. She used to think about the fact that he came back at all. He did once. He did. The world is very small. And now he is up there. Somewhere, uprooting a tree with music, a cloud is burning. The stones are growing soft enough that they could bruise. Okay, and this is going to be my last poem written by me. This is a poem with a kind of unusual title. The title is One Day I Wrote Her Name Upon the And. And it was inspired by a poem um, which begins with the with the line, one day I wrote her name upon the strand. And what I was playing with there is the, I, the whole poem that it was inspired by is about the sea and how the sea washes. You can write your name in the sea, but the sea will come and rub it away. So I liked the idea that the word and is within the word strand and that the sea had come and washed away part of my word in my title. So it should be like a print in the sand and that you make the same one over and over and it goes away over and over. But you keep, you keep making them anyway, in order to move. Mountains, there is a reason so many lonely heart ads say, I like long walks on the beach. Even the cynics write that in their lonely heart ads, looking down their noses at the lines, Our love shall live, and later life renew. Back to the you, though. The person who's walking behind you will figure out where you were going with this, naturally and see how odd your gait was from the years of turning your feet out because you were born feet first, or did ballet, or walked in reverse, or simply liked to do impressions. They'll see how fast you were slipping, see where you stumbled, and the sea dragged away where you used your hands, and the dune fell in.
So those were some poems written by me, and next I'm going to share a few more poems with connections to New Zealand. The next poem is by the poet Jenny Bornholt, and she was born in Wellington, which is the capital of New Zealand, in 1960. And in 2005, she became the fifth Poet Laureate of New Zealand. And I got to see her read in Wellington, which was a great honor. So here's Jenny Bornholt with instructions for how to get ahead of yourself while the light still shines. If you have a bike, get on it at night and go to the top of the Brooklyn Hill. When you reach the top, start smiling. This is Happy Valley Road. Pedal at first, then let the road take you down into the dark, as black as underground, broken by circles of yellow, lowered by the streetlights. As you come to each light, you will notice a figure racing up behind. Don't be scared. This is you creeping up on yourself. As you pass under the light, you will sail past yourself into the night. Here's two poems by a poet I love very much, and I think you'll appreciate if you've ever been caught in a New Orleans downpour. John Clare understood rain and very sudden whims of nature very well. John Clare is a romantic poet, and he was born in the small English village of Helpston in 1793. First, I'll read a poem of his, which is just a collection of pleasant sounds um, that was written very late in his life. And then I'm going to read a poem called Sudden Shower, which talks about getting caught in the rain, which is a very common New Orleanian experience. But first, pleasant sounds. The rustling of leaves under the feet in woods and under hedges. The crumping of cat ice and snow down in wood rides, narrow lanes, and every street causeways. Rustling through a wood, or rather rushing, while the wind halloos in the oak tops like thunder. The rustles of birds' wings, startled from their nests, or flying unseen into the bushes. The whizzing of larger birds overhead in a wood, such as crows, puddocks, buzzards, etc., the trample of robust woodlarks on the brown leaves, and the patter of squirrels on the green moss, the fall of an acorn on the ground, the pattering of nuts on the hazel branches ere they fall from ripeness, the first, the flirt, the flirt of the ground lark's wing from the stubbles, how sweet such pictures on dewy mornings when the dew flashes, from its brown feathers. Sudden Shower by John Clare Black grows the southern sky, betokening rain, and humming hive bees homeward hurry by. They feel the change. So let us shun the grain and take the broad road while our feet are dry. I, there's some dropples moistened in my face and pattered on my hat. Tis coming nigh. Let's look about and find a sheltering place. The little things around, like you or I, are hurrying through the grass to shun the shower. 
Here stoops an ash tree. Hark, the wind gets high. But never mind, this ivy for an hour, rain as it may, will keep us dryly here. That little wren knows well his sheltering bower, nor leaves his dry house, though he comes so near. And now I'm going to share with you a piece of a poem I've been reading very lately. It's called On the Nature of Things, and it's by the poet Lucretius. I'm going to read a passage to you that involves some wind and some sea in honor of New Zealand. This is from Book One of On the Nature of Things. Come now, I've shown that things cannot be made from nothing, nor, once made, be brought to nothing. Still, lest you happen to mistrust my words, because the eye cannot perceive prime bodies, hear now of particles you must admit exist in the world and yet cannot be seen. To begin, the whistling wind whips up the sea, makes great ships founder, and whisks off the clouds, again wheeling and funneling over the fields. It strews them with giant bowls, and with its blasts, tree cracking, tears at the hilltops, raging, screaming, howling its threats. The savage tempest roars. There are, then, unseen particles of wind that sweep the sea, the land, Yes, and the clouds of heaven, tearing and whipping and whirling them off. They flow and spread disaster in no way other than water. When that gentle flow rises in flash flood, fed by cloud bursts high in the mountains, down the walls of water race, tossing debris of forests and whole plantations, strong bridges cannot brook the sudden crush of rushing water, muddy, Swollen with rain, the stream runs at their piers with massive power. It roars and wrecks and rolls beneath its waves, huge blocks of stone, whatever dams its path. That was writer Claire Jones. And that's our show. You've been listening to Figure of Speech, a community poetry and writing program from WRBH. You can hear us every Saturday at 1 p.m. and on Mondays at 9 p.m. And feel free to join us again for more great New Orleans writing. Thank you for listening.